This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thank you to Feels for sponsoring this episode of our show. Thank you, Feels. Jake, I don't know if you experience stress or anxiety or chronic pain or anything like that. I experience all those things, and I experience them acutely and a lot. Well, CBD will help, and Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Okay, okay. That's that's good. I need that. Uh, they naturally help reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. They even sent us some Feels, and I gotta say, I did feel more relaxed after taking it. Oh, good for you. You place a few drops of Feels under your tongue, and you feel the difference within minutes. And if you're new to CBD, Feels offers free mm-hmm. CBD hotline help to guide your personal experience. Well, that's helpful. Yeah. That's nice. But there's nothing to be scared about. I'm a noob, and I took it, and I enjoyed it. So you can join the Feels community to get your Feels delivered directly to your door every month and save money off every order. You can pause or cancel any time. Huge. Feels has me feeling my best every day, so you can become a member today by going to feels.com slash if I were you to get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 50%? 50%? That's half off, baby. Half off. Yeah, it's at least half off. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash if I were you to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Check it out. Thank you, feels. Wow, Jake, did you understand what that was? Yeah, I knew every single note. That is a carousel cover by the band Blink-182. That's Mark Hoppus on the bass, Tom DeLonge on the shredding the guitar, uh, Travis Barker on the drums, and a hell of a, a, hell of a fucking song. <laughs> it sounded like it was mostly music and then a little bit at the end, some lyrics. Right. Well, I mean, Carousel, is it's got the iconic opening riff that everybody knows and loves, instantly recognizable. And then um, and then the guitar riff, also instantly recognizable and enjoyable. Um, yeah. The lyrics are secondary, but the guy did a great DeLong impression. So I would give that intro a flawless 10 out of 10. Uh, perfect. Okay. Uh- <laughs> perfect intro. Uh, Connor. Connor Ratliff is here listening to you sort of wax philosophical about Blink-182. What do you think of the song? I I have only a passing familiarity with Blink-182. <laughs> okay. I, I think I know two songs. I know All the Small Things. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. And okay. uh, What's My Age Again. Yeah. You know more um, songs than that. Connor, Connor, really? you're, you know Damn It. The, oh, no. Did I just get <laughs> elevated in status to the resident expert on Blink-182 now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. You're. I can make you an expert. Give me the whole podcast, but I can make you an expert just like me. What other song do you think he knows that he doesn't realize that he knows? I think he knows Damn It. I think he knows, uh, I guess this is growing up. Did you He's hear? Saying, don't he know it, but in a way that. Fine, he knows it Adam's song. Like he knows it. Connor, you know Adam's song. I uh, remember the time that I spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall. <laughs> Come on, Connor. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know that song. Now, there is an interesting phenomenon that I found, which is that. 
sometimes I'll sing a song to someone and they will not recognize it at all. And I feel like I'm doing a perfect rendition of it. Right. Okay. And then I'll play them the song. I'm like, oh, I know that. I'm like, what did I do different? I did exactly that song. <laughs> yeah. So it may just be the unfamiliarity. I think I'm not experiencing the phenomenon because as I was singing Adam's song to you, I knew I was butchering it. I was like tight yeah. with fear. Um, here, here. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Of apple juice no, in the hall. Please tell mom this was all her fault. Do do not do 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 do. Who did uh, Stacy's mom has got it going on? That's Fountains of Wayne. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but thematically not a million miles away, right? No, it's probably the same week. That song it's, came out the same week as this. Okay, it's the, it is thematically a million miles away because Stacy's mom is about a milf. Adam's song is about suicide. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm being lambasted for liking Blink. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I, I remember, I think there's a couple of lyrics that don't haven't aged well in What's My Age Again. Um, yeah, the state looks down on sodomy would probably be yeah, one Yeah, I mean, it's not untrue in depending on what the state is. It could That's just true. be a, a commentary, but there's something about it that feels a little bit... Uh, Gross. I should read. Right. I should read the email that this person wrote, which was Nicholas Payne. Uh, mm. Jake mentioned wanting a parody of Carousel by Blink One Eighty Two for a theme song, so I recorded it quickly this morning. Has Jake ever seen Blink One Eighty Two live in concert? Writes Nick Payne. Um, yes, I've seen Blink One Eighty Two live in several concerts. Uh, you better believe that. Um, I I do. The lyric that always stands out to me though in that song is at the end of that when he says, "With many years ahead to fall in love, why would you wish that on me? I never want to act my age." I think I've always found that to be quietly devastating. Well, yeah, I, like it's a I, funny I, song. It's a funny song. I it's think silly. Yeah, it's a silly song. I think it's, it's supposed to be, like the tone of it is like this sort of jokey song, but that's a very dark sentiment to end the song on. I, I think, think you know. I think maybe he says "fall in love" once or twice, but I think what he's saying the rest of the song is "fall in line." I think the end of it is "fall in love." Wow. Well, maybe no "fall in line." You're right. Does he say, uh, where's my Asian friend in the song? Or is that like a silly thing they did in concert? In, I guess I misread yeah. the song the whole time. <laughs> in, it, I, I, I retract everything that I said. <laughs> no, I, actually, here. I appreciate you thinking a Blink-182 line is quietly devastating. So I sort of didn't want to take that because like, they deserve that sort of reverence. No, they art. don't. I deserve it for my rewrite of it. Um, <laughs> I really yeah. thought like that was a an, an ex- fall in line. I guess it's still, there's something to it. But with many years ahead to fall in love, why would you wish that? On me, I never right, want to have my I thought, like, oh my god, this is really owning. No, the that's almost that's, that's too poignant for the. They also had a song was, um, it would be nice to get a blowjob from your mom. So I don't think that they deserve the. Uh... Yeah, I thought that, that was quietly devastating as well. Like the <laughs> idea that you could no. get head from your mom is just that so. Was, that I was don't loudly have, devastating. I don't feel embarrassed that I was wrong. I feel embarrassed for them that that wasn't the right lyric. <laughs> I and I feel and I actually it's sort of it sort of ruins the song for me because to me that was the whole ball game was that with many years I had to fall in love. Why yeah. would you wish that on me? I thought, oh my god, this is. Really powerful stuff. It, it no. honestly, Fall in line. It oh, okay. Is. It's just a little bit of anti-authoritarian <laughs> rebellion. Okay, great. Yeah, it's just about being immature, really. Par for the course. Uh, Connor Ratliff, new headgum podcaster. Yes. Uh, a host and I guess brain um, behind Dead Eyes. Subject of yeah. So everything, yeah. any any assignment you can give to Dead Eyes. Yeah. Speaking of, of things that are quietly devastating. Um, yeah. Do you, Do you have an elevator pitch for Dead Eyes for? some of our audience that maybe 
is yeah. nowhere. Uh, I was in. I was cast in a small role in Band of Brothers, the HBO miniseries, the day before. I was supposed to film my scenes. Tom Hanks, who was set to direct the episode, <laughs> looked at my audition tape, and uh, I got a call saying, you have to re-audition for Tom Hanks. He saw your tape. He thinks you have dead eyes. <laughs> and so I re-auditioned for Tom Hanks and was immediately fired. And this this podcast <laughs> is an exploration of that. I'll show you, Hanks. <laughs> uh, this Well, it's a it's an exploration from 20 years later. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out exactly what happened. Um I, I saw one person saw like you know what happened you had dead eyes and you got fired that's what happened <laughs> but I think there's there's already more to it than yeah, that the the casting director told you yeah uh, well the casting director actually told me that they've decided to go another way they're going to go with a more military type no one oh, directly no one in said the casting process said you have dead eyes you have to leave <laughs> right I was the message was relayed to me by someone who worked for my agent at the time saying you got to get down to London and re-audition right it's now it's funny by the time by the time they fired you they like found a better way to say it they're like come in on audition again you like Tom Hanks think you ha- thinks you have dead eyes I think it was and then when you get fired they weren't like we found someone with more lively eyes. They were like, we found a more military type. The, the people in the process probably never intended that message to make it all the way to me. Yeah, totally. Uh, and it's possible there was also a game of telephone going on where by the time the agent's assistant uh, was on the phone with me, yeah, this is part of what the, the podcast is looking to... Uh, Tom Hanks actually said you have bready thighs. Oh. And by the time it got to you... <laughs> What if he was tired from flying to London and he was like, I have dead eyes. I'd like to meet this guy in person. <laughs> no one has ever posited that theory, but it, he was, when I when I met him for the re-audition, uh, he was in the middle of a film in Castaway and he was near the end where his character is completely emaciated. Yeah. Oh my God. And I didn't, know, I didn't know about that. So it was already like I walk in the room and I see what looks like a dying man. Right, like six looks, on Hanks. Yeah, like, and so... You know, there are, it may be that the resolution of this mystery is that it just confirms what I've always been told, but I also was told two different things. Yeah, and right. when I told the act, I talked to the actor who replaced me in the role and he had his own story of what had happened and how he got the role. Yeah, it's very and, like a serial, but I think somebody said this on Twitter, it's serial, but for something insanely inconsequential. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's exploring the way like very small things can be very important to very few people. That's you know, right. That, like, uh, but everybody has like the, those kind of experiences where it's like an embarrassing experience that you're the only one who really cares about. Everyone else just moves on, but That's you right. keep dwelling on it. Just like Adam Conover said, nobody in the story thought about it ag- ever again for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah, and I believe he's correct. But this, <laughs> but this podcast is also, uh, you know, it's like the act of observing a thing changes it. This podcast means that people are thinking about it. Like more people are thinking about it now than ever thought about it when it was happening. You That's know? for sure. I mean, you, you're getting like critical acclaim for this stuff. There was like a Guardian News yeah. uh, Magazine article written yeah, about the it. Yeah, Guardian in, in print. the print it's edition. In print. Which yeah. to me, I was like, it's great when you get a digital write up, but when a digital thing gets written about in print, I always think like, well, now you really mean it. <laughs> It's written on ink. It, they literally, it wasn't even also, it wasn't just in their podcast section. It was like, what to do this weekend? You could watch the new season of Better Call Saul, and you can watch Dead Eyes. And those were the top two things they led with. And I thought, well, that's that's very interesting. You see the yeah. uh, Alan Seppenwall tweet? Like, yeah. saying it was his favorite podcast of well, the year? Well, he's going to do the podcast. Holy uh, shit. I have a couple, couple, he's sort of a band of brothers authority. Wow. Like, among critics, he's like one of the 
go-to critics for that. So I think he's going to come on and talk. Uh, That's awesome. From that angle, there, there are so many. <laughs> wow, you should you should do your scene for him too and ask. Well, him, ask he, how he, likes it. he did monologues at ASCAD at UCB in New York, and uh, and I mentioned this. This was before the podcast had even come out, and I said, "Oh, I'm doing this thing," and I, and I mentioned Private Zelinsky. He says, "Oh, I know who Private Zelinsky is." Oh wow, so he, he was familiar at a level of. He knows the characters' names for people who appear in one scene of Band of Brothers. So I was like, That's oh, I amazing. gotta get him on the show at some Jesus. point. Jesus. And our connection to you was through, I think, <coughs> Ben Schwartz. Yes. Ben Schwartz, who's done improv with you, recommended the pilot that you had made. Yeah. I was having no luck. No one would even... <laughs> I was going to continue this podcast no matter what, but I, would, I wanted to do it well because I knew it was a good idea. <laughs> and I thought, it'll be a shame... If I have to just record this on my cell phone, and it'll be the the worst sounding podcast in history, and, and it'll be sloppy, and I'll have no one qu- helping me make it good, right? And um, and I couldn't get anybody even to email me back. I was having such trouble, and then I think I tweeted something miserable or something where I was like, "Oh, anyone know how to get a podcast to keep going?" And Ben texted me. He's like, "Do you want me to text Jake and Amir?" I was like. Absolutely, yes, I would love that. And then we were talking, and you guys were immediately receptive in a way that I'm not used to. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, Ben told us about it, and now your work with like Mike, our engineer in uh, New York, makes it sound so legitimate. Like, I can't even shout out to Mike and Harry, who like it. It sounds like a a podcast that was produced with like 14 producers uh, on Gimlet. It sounds so right. The the amount of detail that. Mike and Harry go into. I get these emails from Mike that are just like a hundred time codes in a row. And the notes will be things like, small cough here, we can cut that. Uh, it'll be like, we can cut from uh, 02 to 05. There's a little bit of it. And, and, they're, and, and I'm, I have to re-listen following along with the chart to be like, I don't know what any of these moments are. But he has such a detailed ear uh, and his instincts are, are impeccable in terms of uh, we don't need to hear that. And sometimes I will. I found myself. I'll write like five pages of text, and I'll feel like it's essential. And then the the cut of the episode will come back, and that will be gone. And I'll be like, "What happened to all that?" And then I'll realize, "Oh, none of it was necessary." <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, you need good people to be able to tell you, like, you know, you don't need. No one needs to know this." And I'm like, "Oh, right. I needed to say it. No one needed to hear it." <laughs> you trusted your editor. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's really awesome. So if you guys are yeah. uh, interested in hearing, I think the first five episodes are now online. Yeah, and uh, the next two that are coming up, I think, are maybe the two craziest episodes. Whoa. Awesome. And is would you say the goal is to reach Mr. Hanks himself, or that regardless is, of what happens? That is a goal. But I, when I was pitching this around, there was uh, some of the feedback that I got from the pilot was that... Uh, well, how would this go beyond a fourth episode? Like, what is this? And I, <laughs> my response was, here are 20 ideas for episodes. And so I have, like, uh, I have a long, uh, uh, I have I have a long list of think- goals I want for it, mm-hmm. and they include that. But if that doesn't happen, you have to, you have to plan your escape routes correctly. Like, yeah. I, I always feel like any idea that I have, like, you want to know that, like, if I can't leave the way I came in, is there another way out of this building? <laughs> and so, like, ideally, you just come back out through the way you came in. But yeah. if there's a if, – if, if we don't arrive at that destination, I'm confident there are other destinations uh, that, that we will satisfactorily – we will – 
I, I think I'm, I'm in it for the long haul, and I, uh, <laughs> I also, I also, five of eighty. I also, at least, at that, least the David Schwimmer cameo. I mean, we've got to get a Schwimmer on there. Oh, you know, there's already one. I'm not going to say who it is. There's already one secret cameo in every episode. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't even know if you guys know who it is. I don't. Will you, I don't will you bleep it. it? Will you bleep it if I say it? Okay. Yes. Uh, the announcer at the top of the episode. Oh. Is what? The one who says, this is Dead Eyes. Yeah, I always wondered who that was. Yeah, but we never want to say it because it's just more fun <laughs> if nobody knows. <laughs> How is that? How did you? I, right. I'm friendly with her, and at one point, I mean, I'm not, I don't know her that well, but I asked, "Hey, would you read this sentence for a podcast I'm doing?" And she's like, "Absolutely." And you'll never say it. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever say it, but I feel like it's more fun to not say it. Interesting. So, um, uh, some people have guessed it, uh, and I just respond with my little dead eyes emojis, which is its own form of non-denial denial. It's um, not the eyes emojis looking to the left. But I do think if we don't get Tom Hanks eventually, I think there's other – even if we do get Tom Hanks, I don't know if that's necessarily the end because I right. think this is also – like I think Tom Hanks firing me is kind of like the who killed Laura Palmer of it. Right. But the podcast is Twin Peaks. Like I the, see. There's also like the town. There's also just like this world of failure and there's – Already other stories that we're starting to weave into that are sort of spinning off into little tangents. I think Ben knows Hanks. Is that safe to say? Well, Ben is going to be on an episode at some point. Yeah. He, he has he some does have, sort of semi-relationship. I don't want to blow it here, but he, he has a fun thing that he's like, you know, I have this. I'm like, yeah, it's in my notes in yeah. my phone for when I talk to you. <laughs> I ran into Ben yesterday in L.A. What? And, and I, uh, I did... I've had a thing a couple times recently in New York, a very bad thing where, I mean, not very bad, but it feels bad, where someone's waving at you and then you wave back and then you realize they're waving at someone just past you. Classic. And, but you've already oh, like yeah. full on responded like, hey. Yeah. And it's happened to me so many times. And there's no way to like recover from that. You're just a person who's like, I was- You can maybe to... yawn or stretch, scratch your ear. I've done it to the point where all you can kind of do is just stand there <laughs> and look like, oh- you don't know me. You, I, I've stood next to them while the two other like trapped at like a traffic light. You almost have to apologize them. at that point. Yeah, just like I don't know what I was thinking. I thought maybe I knew you and forgotten you. So this is what happened with Ben. Well, Ben was like gesturing, like "Oh my god!" And I, I had peripheral view of him, but I was like, "I'm not going to fall for this." Oh, and so I sort of actively avoided looking at him until he was like, "You aired on the side of caution." Yeah, and then you now I'm to him. now I and that was embarrassing. So now I'm back to <laughs> there's no happy medium. Now I saw yeah. you when you were walking in here waving to everybody. Yeah, just gotta be. Yeah, I'm everybody's friend now. <laughs> uh, all right, this is uh, if I were you, uh, advice show. Um, Jake and I get emails from people. Sometimes it's just us answering questions. Sometimes we have a guest. So I'm glad you're here. Maybe you can help shed some light, um, have some wisdom that me and Jake wouldn't necessarily have. Uh, what we do is answer these real questions from real people. We're going to give them fake names just so they rename anonymous. Kind of oh, like smart. Kind of like mm -hmm. the uh, considerate the lady at the top of your episodes. Yeah. So what name do you want to call this male writer? 24 year old guy from Austin, Texas. Ray. That's good. Ray writes, I'm a 24-year-old guy from Austin, Texas, and I'm in a, in a bit of a sticky situation. Since I left university, work has taken over my life, and I have lost connections with a lot of friends. However, recently, a couple of old acquaintances have moved here with their significant others. We have messaged a bit on social media about hanging out sometime soon to get back in touch. But here comes my situation. I don't drink anymore. Long story. What do you do for fun with people you aren't very close with that doesn't involve drinking? 
how do I find something that everyone will enjoy? This all feels like a first date except for friendship, and I don't want to end up being awkward. Any ideas would be greatly appreciated. P.S. Come back to Austin. That's for you, too. You have to go back to Austin now, too. I'll <laughs> happily go back to Austin. Uh, do you drink? Are you a drinker? Are you a I non-drinker? I, I'm a non-drinker. Oh, uh, so there we go. I've only uh, – there's no – it's funny because when you say that, people assume like a dark history or something. <laughs> I, I just don't like it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. Well, often I find it easy to be a non-drinker because when you tell people I don't drink, people tend to – in this day and age, most people will back off. Just not ask. Uh, and they'll be like, oh, uh, totally yeah. understand. You know, they don't want to get into it. <laughs> What's the matter? You're some kind of lightweight? <laughs> yeah, that, I – I have uh, cultivated my life where I never have to interact with someone whose response is that. Um, I, uh, He's punching you in the stomach. Yeah, like all all like bullies from high school. It's like, oh, I don't mm. associate with them as adults. Yeah. Um, I haven't been nut-tapped I, in 10 years, thank God. I, uh, I do think, like, I've only been drunk to get drunk a couple of times. The last time I did it was for the Chris Gethard show. In your life. Yeah, you can watch a video of what it's like when I'm drunk. I've been drunk like maybe three times. What well, is it like? And uh, I get very emotional. Oh. <laughs> I, basically, uh, Chris Gethard assigned me to host a bachelor party for three people who are going to be married on the show. And they gave me a $100 budget for three men's <laughs> bachelor parties. And they were all like comedy nerds. And so I bought alcohol for – none of them drunk drank, so – I bought alcohol for me to drink. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I got them like Domino's pizza and I hired some improvisers <laughs> to do uh, uh, just two prov in front of them. And uh, the, but I got very drunk and I started talking to them about life and being very philosophical and very emotional. I think the way to avoid, I think in this, in Ray's situation, nice. The first word that popped into my head was restaurant. Right. Because <laughs> um, Ray, the R. R for restaurant. <laughs> But it also just seems like just go to a diner, go to a there's lots a of barbecue. Cool, it's go to Austin a food truck. Go have a picnic. Go you know uh, there's so much fun to do in Austin, and I also think that unless it's a situation where the temptation is I don't I can't be near I can't be in a bar or I can't be near alcohol. If it's something like that where you're like I don't want to put myself in the path of it. Mm-hmm. Because some people have that where it's like you can't just have a seltzer while everyone else is getting drunk, you <laughs> yeah. know. Um, but I think like uh, you know, go to a movie and then afterwards go to a pizza place or go get you know Mexican food or you know it's just like there's plenty of fun things that it won't be awkward if you don't it just like try to put that thought out of your mind that it's going to be awkward. They're just people. They like you. You like them, mm-hmm. and especially. Especially because they, it sounds like they all just moved to Austin and you're like the resident local Austin expert. So if anything, yeah. you can suggest something that's like, you know, something you can only do in Austin. Let's uh, go hang that, out at, at, a, at a secondhand shop. Let's go like browse the, uh, there's a lot of fun stores you can hang out. And, you know, Martin Springs. That's right. Yeah. Martin I mean, Springs if rules. they're the type, if they are the type who, this, oh, this feels like real professional advice. If they oh. are the type who have a problem with you not drinking, then you don't want to be friends with them anymore. <laughs> Right. You sound like a lame I, I, dad. I, I really do. <laughs> but honestly, it's just true. Like, it's always been – maybe I, – I guess I was never cool, but honestly, I went through like six months of being like a bad teenager to my parents, and then I realized that my parents were just two very nice people who cared about me. <laughs> and I was like, why am I, why am I asking them to drop me off a block away so that all the people who are unpleasant who are my age won't like – think bad i'm like i'm glad i have good parents i don't care what anybody thinks <laughs> you Dude, reach I, that if, conclusion if as I, a teenager 
If I saw anybody get dropped off by their parents when they were coming to my house, they would get nut tapped as soon as they walked in. <laughs> and they would deserve it because <laughs> they were being herbs. Yeah. And I often had to nut tap myself when no one else called me out when my mom would drop me off. I remember once we were doing like a comedy show in New York, I think, and some like nervous 16 to 18 year old ladies like, hey, thank you so much. I'm such a big fan. And then like a car was honking like, Eliza, let's go. And she's like, mom, sh- shut up. Like you're embarrassing me. And so I leaned into it. I'm like, that's your fucking mom. You get picked <laughs> up by your mom. Hey, everybody. Liza gets picked up. You shoved her into a puddle. (laughs) How embarrassing is it that you get picked up by your mother who cares about you? Yeah. Good luck getting home. (laughs) (laughs) I bet she drives safe. Right. How how badly you do need that ride. Yeah. It just the world's most embarrassing thing as a teenager was when your mom picked you up or made you lunch. Was your private chauffeur or the embarrassing thing was that that they existed. So like it was like. Uh, shit my like my mom or my dad is in public someone's gonna look at them i have no idea why that embarrassed me but i was like shit they'll see my dad they can't know i have one of those the coolest person on earth has no parents and it's the cool orphan at school who has a fucking leather jacket it's fucking rufio (laughs) he never gets picked up yeah i'm walking home (laughs) that's awesome rufio yeah (laughs) and eating out of a trash can uh so restaurants Music mm-hmm. venues, yeah. thrift shops, I mean, literally everything but a bar. This would be much more problematic Problematic if you didn't live in a really cool place with lots of fun stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. You know? yeah, go to a sporting event. Yeah. You, you can always go bowling. Mm-hmm. You can always You can go always bowling. go bowling. <laughs> yeah, and I was worried that this was going to get stickier, this, this question, but I think this is one that we've really solved. All right, great. Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. We'll thank some sponsors, come back with some maybe stickier questions. For Connor, after this. Woo. Thank you to Allform for sponsoring this episode of our show. Oh, yeah, baby. Well, if you've been listening to the show, you know we love our Helix mattresses. Correct. So, in an exciting turn of events, Helix has gone beyond the bedroom and started making sofas. What? They just launched a new company called Allform, and they're starting to make premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. Major, you park your ass on an Allform, don't you? You got one of those. Yeah. They sent me a sofa, a couch, and it was incredibly big and roomy and sturdy. It was firm but fair. It was fancy and great, and it came in boxes, and I assembled it myself in less than an hour. Good on you, brother. It was all done with fast, free shipping. And there's nobody in your house putting it together. It's just you. And it just doesn't take that much effort or time. That's good. That's good for these current days where I I don't want strangers in my house. Exactly. And they also have a forever warranty that's literally forever. So you can find your perfect sofa today at allform.com slash if I were you. Allform.com slash if I were you. Yeah. And that'll give you 20% off your couch order. Actually, off all orders. Damn. Damn. So if you're in the market for a new couch or chair and you don't want anybody in your home, uh, check them out. You can get 20% off your order by going to allform.com slash if I were you. Oh, yeah, baby. Thanks, Allform. Thank you to Helix for sponsoring this episode of our show. Yes, you know I love Helix. Jake, you have a Helix mattress. I sleep on one every night. Yes, that's true. How is that for a vote of confidence slash approval? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I love it. I love my Helix. So you know already that Helix Sleep has a quiz that just takes two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you. Yes, I took the quiz. I took it with my wife because they can they can blend the two sides of the mattress. So she can have a soft and I can have a firm. Oh, very nice. Now that's the goat. I remember you guys yes. got into a huge fight while taking the test, right? It was, yeah, it was a blow up. It was a blow up fight, but we were going through other shit. <laughs> we had other shit. Helix Sleep was- It wasn't just Yeah, that. okay. It was awarded the number one best overall mattress uh pick of 2019 by gq and wired so it's not just us cool gq and wired likes them too yeah and i'm happy to get into the details of the fight so people can wait it doesn't matter who's who's yeah that that part doesn't matter all right sure you just go to helix yeah yeah just go to helixsleep.com slash if i were you you take that two minute sleep quiz you don't necessarily have to get into a Mm -hmm. fight with anybody while you're doing just take that two minute quiz but some people (laughs) some people are spoiling for a fight sometimes and that's part of the issue okay yeah they'll match you with a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life and now Right now, they're offering our listeners $200 off all mattress orders. That's pretty good. Whoa, that's huge. To get that coupon, all you got to do is go to helixsleep.com slash if I were you. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash if I were you for up to $200 off. Damn. Thank you, Helix. And we are back. Connor, do you have any? Oh, it's a list. Uh, unsolicited (laughs) advice sorry about the whole um mom i'm coming part Uh, no that's fine okay um yes uh, and this is it's just a small piece of practical advice okay and i think this is mostly maybe for men but Mm -hmm. it could be for anybody okay uh next time you're in a a pharmacy or drugstore someplace that sells band-aids yes buy a box band-aids okay immediately take uh Two or three of them out. Uh huh. Put them in your wallet. In the wallet. And then just forget about it. Wallet band aids. And you know, take the other band aids home, throw them in the cabinet, in the bathroom, whatever it is. But you'll never need those band aids. The band aid. You might need them. You yeah. might need them. But to replace the, the wallet band aids. To, to replace the wallet band aids. But the the wallet band aid is key because once this happens, yep. you will start noticing circumstances in your life that people are like, "Does anyone have a band aid?" And you will be the person I needed in the one room. Right here, I got a cut right here. I'm always mm-hmm. needing a band aid. And it happened to me. I, I did it. I don't know why I did it originally, but I thought, oh, I'll just put these. They don't take up any room in my wallet. I They're put them thin. in my wallet. They're thin. <laughs> and then I was out with a, a friend of mine who had a young child, and the kid fell, and he needed a Band-Aid. He, didn't, he had everything, but he didn't have a Band-Aid. Wow. And I had a Band-Aid, and he looked at me like I was something out of a Harry Potter You're the novel. Savior. I was just a wizard. <laughs> I was at a concert a week later. Okay. The lead singer cut his hand in the middle of the concert. Does anybody have a fucking band-aid? He jokes. I'll let jokes. you have my guitar for a band-aid. This was in this was in in Williamsburg. Okay. In New York City. Not Rolling not Stones. colonial. Not colonial. 1967. And uh <laughs> this is yeah, this is Hate Ashbury. <laughs> Hendrix was on guitar. Uh no, this guy was like, Does anybody have oh shoot, I come in. Does anybody have a band-aid? And I announced I have a band-aid. I- and it was like the sea parted. Everyone was like, whoa! Because <laughs> you brought a Band-Aid to I a, had a band-aid rock and roll venue. Just that I had one. <laughs> and people were uh, people were genuinely amazed. Because like, why do you have a Band-Aid? I'm like, I just always have a Band-Aid. That's very practical advice. And time and time again, I have needed it. But more importantly, other people have needed it. You can be a so little you, savior. 
and it doesn't take any effort at all. It's this minimal amount of effort, and you are very helpful. Because when you need a Band-Aid, you need a Band-Aid. Yep. Blood. Blood. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Let's see your wallet Band-Aid. All right. He's taking out his wallet. All right. He's showing me the wallet. Mm-hmm. It's a Snoopy wallet. Wow. Got He's it. rifling. He only has $2 bills. <laughs> Boom. Band-Aid. One Band-Aid. Oh, my God. And a stamp. <laughs> and a forever stamp. <laughs> You're just the most practical, helpful person. I didn't even know that was in there. Two At some Band-Aids point, I put a forever a stamp, stamp <laughs> in there. Yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. I'm going to fucking ship a Band-Aid thanks to you. I'm going to take an envelope downstairs, take your stamp, put yeah. a Band-Aid in it, and send yeah. it to my house. This is le- <laughs> this is a, a variant piece of advice. But yeah, get a Band-Aid, get an envelope, get a stamp, mail it to someone you care about. <laughs> With a little note saying, put it in your wallet. <laughs> that way they don't have to go through the effort of going to the store and buying the box of Band-Aids. I realize for a lot of people that's a heavy lift. It's also the kind of thing that you'll, you'll hear, but then forget about it anytime you're in a store that sells Band-Aids. But you'll remember it in other circumstances like, oh, I never did that. Yeah. But if you mail someone a single <laughs> Band-Aid or, you know, I mean, it's the same shipping with a forever stamp. Uh <laughs> Send three band-aids. You can put the act- you can actually put the stamp on the band-aid because the little white thing that it comes in is technically an envelope. You just have to <laughs> write a really small address on the band-aid. They have to ship it. Could, will they, I, one time, I guess did they would they ship just a loose stamp? I used to uh, <laughs> just a stamp to. I was at I was at a uh, uh, summer camp once, and I was sending uh, uh, postcards to uh, my best friend, and they were all joke postcards. But one of them. I intentionally, I kept seeing what I could get sent. At one point, I, I tore a postcard, so it was just the little corner of the postcard, but I kept the part with the stamp. And I wrote the postcard as if it was like, help, I need, <laughs> something is attacking. And I made it look like an animal had like mauled this <laughs> postcard. And all, every, every weird piece of mail I sent him <laughs> arrived in another envelope with an apologetic note from the post office about, we're so sorry that this mail got damaged. It happens from time to time. But at one point, I did mail something that was literally a postage stamp sized piece of uh, thing and then I wrote the thing I wrote the address on the other side of it and it made it in the mail wow but it arrived in a baggie it it arrived like so they put it in a baggie yeah for you yes so in theory if you write your address on the back of a stamp they'll have to ship it in theory in theory everyone should try it (laughs) that's your other piece of unsolicited advice that that one's just a fun little joke that you can play (laughs) on society sometimes I imagine if I put a sticker on an envelope well, that gets sent. Like, are they making sure that that stamp? Because sticker... some stamps don't look like stamps. Yeah, they they're just, just look they're like just stickers. stickers. Yeah, like literally, you write a sticker that just says forever. Right. Yeah. Can you make that? Is that legal to make stickers that say forever? I like an American s- flag sticker. I would say that we should not give this as advice because it sounds like a felony. Very good. It sounds like mail fraud. That was a test. And yeah, I won't advise <laughs> breaking the law. The cops can leave the studio. Uh, <laughs> all right, we all. <laughs> all right, that was a sting operation, Connor. <laughs> wow, you we're not recording. Blew it. Uh, <laughs> You'll never get me. All right, let's see if this is a sticky enough situation for you. This is a man from Iowa. Okay, where are you from? I'm from Missouri. Okay, not far so not, from Iowa. Yeah, not too different. In my mind, same state. Yeah, let's call him Merle. I like that. <laughs> it's a girl. A girl named Merle. Call her Merle. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl. Meryl. Uh, I need a little help. I'm a 25-year-old girl from, I don't know why I said Iowa. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. She's from Canada, but her boyfriend is moving to Iowa. He's from the States. Let's call him Merle. <laughs> I've been dating him for three years. He's from the States, and we've been doing long distance for the majority of our current relationship. He's going to grad school in the fall to Iowa State because he got a scholarship. 
I'm debating whether or not to go too because I've always wanted to get my MBA and they have a decent business school there. But Iowa is like super freaking random. It is weird. <laughs> is it weird or sad for me to select a business school just because my boyfriend is going there? It's not like undergrad where you have to find yourself or whatever, right? I def wouldn't select Iowa if I was single and going to grad school. So is it bad for me to choose it because he's going there? I'm confident in our, that our relationship will last, but in the off chance it doesn't, I'm just going to have to live in Iowa? And we'll obviously run into each other in Iowa, right? That's obviously worst case scenario, but that would really suck. Haha. <laughs> One must also keep in mind that the favorable cost reduction that involved going to the same grad school in Iowa, cheaper tuition, cheaper rent, etc. Also, P.S. He wants me to come. I'm not just inviting myself on his grad school journey. That's good. Right. Would you move to Iowa for someone? This is a tough one. Yeah. It sounds like she really doesn't want to move to Iowa. Iowa State, where is that? I don't know. Jake, do you know? Iowa State? Uh, it looks to be about an hour outside of Des Moines. Oh, wow. So it's not even Des Moines. Oh. Let me look at it on the map. Oh, no, sorry. Half an, an hour outside of Des Moines. I mean, it's basically so Des Moines. But yeah. I mean, Iowa City is kind of the more fun one. Yeah. That's like the cool... That's the Austin of Iowa. Iowa yeah, State. That's, that's going to be... so much the... Yeah, University of Iowa. That's that, that's that Iowa City shit. That's where you yeah. want to be. It would be sad to move to Iowa for someone. Then you guys break up, and now you just live in Iowa. I think yeah, Iowa State's probably June. a fun school. It's really big. And I mean, it's also not sad to do something that would make you happy. Like, to go to the same school <laughs> as your boyfriend wouldn't it's be a sad It's not sad point. to make I mean, you there's, happy. There's the Christian Peterson Art Museum. There's the Farmhouse <laughs> Museum. Yeah, and that's just, um, two, that's just two that you Googled right off the bat. Which is there bowling? The, I, do they have a bowling lane? There's always bowling. There's, there's you, can all, always, you can always go bowling. Go bowling. <laughs> Um, is she, you said business? She said business. That the Ivy College of Business? I don't know. Yeah, that's right. There's a, it looks like there's a lake and a Starbucks and a pizza shop near the lake. Jeff's Pizza Shop. Yeah, what oh. else do you need? Um, How's the weather in Iowa? You lived in Missouri. I think you get four full seasons there, uh, except for maybe nowadays. Yeah, now it's what? Now it's, it's like just summer all the time. Fucking global climate warming yeah. bullshit. Um, I'd be wary. I, I, I mean, if you have these doubts uh if you think the relationship is strong is it strong enough to survive remaining long distance yeah that's very strong for another two years because um, three. but there are these doubts uh, as far as like wanting to she knows what she wants to do she she wouldn't choose iowa otherwise no. so it's i mean on some level i think sometimes these are questions we know the answer to because is it like, is just like which is more important to you right um, it sounds like she doesn't have, well, there are some doubts built into that question of the, you know, she's speculating about a possible future where they live in Iowa and they're no longer, and she's like stuck in Iowa. Of course. And, but that's uh, worst case scenario. Best case scenario is that she grows to love her boyfriend even more because they live together in such a mm -hmm. isolated state. Yeah. Higher risk, higher reward. And she's in Canada right now. Yeah. Which is sort that's of the random. Iowa of countries. Yeah. 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 What a random place. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, and I don't know if this is good advice. Okay. But if I lived in Canada, I wouldn't move to Iowa. Interesting. Uh, if, I'm, if I lived in Canada, I wouldn't leave Canada. Because you're already in Canada. Not, yeah, I'm already in Canada. <laughs> Canada's great. If I I've lived in been... Vancouver, Montreal, or Toronto, I wouldn't leave Canada. And if I lived anywhere else, I'd move to Iowa. If you lived in Edmonton, you you wouldn't. Oh no, I'd love. I'd, I'd I'd fuck with Edmonton and I fuck with Calgary, Winnipeg. I'd, <laughs> I stand. So you're, Winnipeg. you're just saying you wouldn't live in the wilderness. 
I live in the wilderness. Because I feel like you could do the same thing in Iowa. You're like, I live in Des Moines or Iowa City, but I wouldn't just live in Iowa, just like in a cornfield. No, I, I really, I'd probably live anywhere. But I think, I do think that there's, I don't know, it's you. It's not that hard to to do a year of business school. And if it's not going well, if you don't like it, you can just, uh, you can murk out, you know, you could, she can give it Transfer. a shot. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't have to stay there. Take yeah. it one year at a time. So you're saying try, and I'm saying don't try. Yeah, I'll be the, <laughs> I'll be the tie-breaking vote. And I think you do go to Iowa, but you're ready to leave make at the it, drop of a hat. Make it clear. Buy a door. hat. <laughs> Buy a hat and make it clear that at the drop of that hat, you're, you're out gone. the door. Yeah. Go make, to, yeah. Ma- make the metaphor literal. <laughs> you can always go bowling. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, please. Actually, let's verify that. Okay. Um, while you verify that, I just wanted to say, yeah. if you do end up going to Iowa, get a get a Band-Aid. Put a Band-Aid in your purse, yeah. for the love of God. And will you bring a Band-Aid, please? Where are Thanks, you keeping Meryl. the Neosporin? You got the Band-Aid. Where you got the Neosporin? Is that like in your back pocket the whole time? or I never I never have it in Neosporin. I just, uh, that's something you deal with when you get to a second location. Love that. That's really cool. You're looking at bowling alleys in Iowa, uh, near Iowa in, State. Yeah. Um, so far... I've I've seen the the Iowa State Bowling Association, but that's in Des Moines. Yeah, that's totally different, <laughs> and, and that's not and honestly not worth the thirty minute drive. Yeah. Uh, while you look that up, I'm gonna say once again, dead eyes on Headgum. You can listen to the first five episodes at headgum.com or really anywhere, everywhere you listen to your podcast. We're we're not here to tell you where to listen. You can listen on Spotify, Apple, one of these third party apps. It's all good because it's all a Headgum. There's a place called Underground, and. It's in Ames, Iowa, and it looks really fun. Ames sounds fun. It's Ames, three and, and that's, a half, where the, that's where Iowa State is. It's in Ames. Oh. Three and a half stars out of five with 17 reviews. Wow. So there's something going on there. And it's you know it's going to be so fun and cheap and affordable, it'll be like $3 bowling. And yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, that's just how much shit costs here in Iowa. You can yeah. always go bowling. Uh, if you want to write in your own theme songs or questions, send them to ifiwereyoushow at gmail.com. That opening one, Nick Payne. Was uh, Jake's favorite, the Blink-182 song. This closing mm-hmm. one is by Jake Morrill, who's a 22-year-old from Bangor, Maine. Whoa. He should move to Iowa. And it would be great if you could plug my music on Spotify, which you can find by searching Joy Captain. This is a really good theme song, actually. Cool. So thanks, name. Jake, for writing in. Thanks, Nick, for writing in. Thanks for coming to L.A., Connor. Oh, I, it's so great to be here. I love seeing uh, Headcom's offices here. Yeah, and um, keep making those dead eyes because I'm on the edge of my seat. As literally yes. right now, I'm on the edge you, of my seat. You are, we both are. Yeah. It's just comfortable to be there. Uh, and you guys should definitely check it out. And, of course, we'll be back next week. Oh, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Twitter, Instagram, social media handles. How do people find you? At Connor Ratliff on Twitter, at Dead Eyes Podcast on Twitter. Oh. You can also come see me most weeks at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. Hell yeah. All right. Thanks again, Connor. Thank you. See you guys soon enough. Bye, everybody. Ciao. If I were you, here's what I'd do. If I were you, I'll tell you. We'll dig you down Cause he knows how to please Amir will do his best But there's no guarantees That he'll make you come But 
That was a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, I'm Finn Wolfhart. And I'm Billy Brick, and welcome to Lackluster Video. Lackluster Video is a film podcast hosted by us. Two friends, writing partners, and idiots who love movies. Each week we're going to be watching and talking about a movie together or with a special guest. We're watching movies from every genre. From micro-budget Japanese zombie movies. To Aaron Sorkin's award winners. To Adam Sandler's least critically acclaimed works. And that's not all. We'll also be talking about movies that don't exist based on randomly generated suggestions. For example, if I gave Finn a sci-fi movie called... 2038 Rapture, starring Demi Lovato and Sean Combs, he would say it's... Demi Lovato has to use her booming voice to save the world, as Sean Combs plays his producer. Uh, they, and they, they have to do this in order to beat, beat it, beat, beat the aliens. It's not my best, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, that's the game. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, to become a member of Lackluster Video... All you have to do is subscribe.